Hi guys, I just finished reading book 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson and would like to share some of the thoughts that inspired me. I've been a fan of Jordan Peterson for quite some time now by mostly watching his videos on YouTube and when I would come across something that I thought was very good, I would always share with my daughter. So recently she gave me this book as a present. And despite the fact that the subject of this book is quite deep, it's actually very easy, very easy to read. I think the only chapter that gave me a little trouble was chapter 7. But the real reason why I'm making this video is chapter 10. And in chapter 10, author talks about a married couple and how they let small things slide and small things added up to big things, which led to deterioration of the marriage and ended up with husband cheating on his wife. And the author argues that all this could be prevented if they were completely honest with each other and didn't sweep small things under the rug, so to speak. As you might know, Jordan Peterson is very big and always saying the truth. And it seems that he follows that rule himself. If you ever heard him talking, he always seems to be very direct. Which is probably one of the reasons why he became so popular. If I remember correctly, it all started when Canadian government was trying to enforce some regulations regarding to how you're supposed to address people of various sexual orientations and Jordan Peterson was one of the people who openly opposed that which led him to being a guest on Joe Rogan's podcast and that's when people got to see that he's a very smart guy and although all this worked out very successful for Jordan Peterson I'm here to argue that he is more of a of an exception than he is a rule and I think we can all agree that his IQ is probably much higher than any of us and for the rest of us always being open and honest would probably not work out so well so for example just imagine being completely honest and open during job or a job interview or on a date and we all like to say that we want to hear the truth but I think in the reality most people just want you to tell them exactly what they want to hear. And always speaking the truth very often can come across as just having bad manners and would not be something that would propel you in uh, the hierarchy of dominance that Jordan Peterson talks a lot about. And when he talks about these hierarchies, he makes very interesting explanation how they've been developing in uh, living, complex living organisms for periods of millions of years and how your position in these hierarchies is a good predictor of your survival rate and also reproductive success. So he would describe how females always try to match themselves with males who are positioned appropriately in these hierarchies. And your position in these hierarchies will be determined by your competency. And all this makes a lot of sense if we look at the big picture. So from evolutionary standpoint but if we were to zoom in on a particular individual I think we can all agree that there is much more to the story than just competency because there is also who do you know knowing how to cut corners and also fake it till we make it and all those things are real and none of them have anything to do with speaking the truth and I think we can all agree that a little bit of schmoozing and charming goes a long way and that's why I believe that women actually screen for those characteristics in men because on an intuitive level they know that they're good predictors of how successful their male will become.
while on the other hand just being a little Captain America is probably not the most successful dating strategy because women will say that that comes across very needy but I think uh, the real reason is that then once again intuitively they just know that that's not what it takes to get ahead in life so I remember when I was working as a bouncer at the nightclub for many years the guys that I thought were good guys and the guys that women should want would always go home alone and just to bring this conversation back to chapter 10, 10 we should also add that there is more to this story than just husband and wife and there is also a woman with whom the husband cheated on his wife and the chances are she probably knew that a man was married because dating is a little different from affair so if a guy takes you to a hotel to have sex that should raise some questions so once again the chances are she probably knew that he was married and yet of all of the males available she ended up sleeping with him anyway and I think that just proves my point that women do not screen for these high moral values in men such as honor, courage, loyalty, honesty, uh, humility and so on because, because they know that in real life that that really just doesn't matter and the same can be said for his wife so when she, when, before they got married when she was looking for a husband the chances are that none of those characteristics were at the top of her list and I think this situation causes a lot of confusion among men and Jordan Peterson talks a little bit about this in chapter 11 and he explains how it's no longer clear what it means to be a good man and what is the line between being strong and toxic masculinity or being a gentleman and being quote-unquote nice guy who gets friend-zoned by women and used as emotional tampon although Jordan Peterson doesn't use those terms but on top of that I would like to add that when we are raised as boys we are told that being a good man is all about honor, it's all about courage, it's all about honesty, it's all about loyal, your loyalty. But then when we grow up and face the real world, it becomes very obvious that none of that has to do with anything. And I think it's especially evident for guys who served in the military because all those values are really hammered into you when you are in the military. But then when you come out, it is very clear that none of that really matters and I think this could partially explain such high suicide rate among veterans because they're just having trouble reintegrating into society where being fake has become a norm one of my favorite movies American Sniper depicts very well how most people having difficulties understanding what some of our military guys had to go through to preserve this little Disneyland we call United States but on top of that I would like to add that not only people don't understand most people don't really care and some don't even pretend to care so I had a woman telling me once that I was a fool to go in the military and instead I could get a bachelor degree during that time in something and becoming somebody and how to explain to somebody like that that it was after September 11 and I thought it was my duty to join you start saying things like that and you'll probably come across very naive or people might just tell you that you watch too much Game of Thrones or something while on the other hand these days people have absolutely no shame admitting 
that they are good at working the system and they live in lives of parasites and it seems to be especially prevalent in any areas that are being funded by our tax money and I think the reason for that is that since it's technically nobody's money it doesn't feel like stealing and it seems that there is a very particular type of people who inf infiltrates those areas and to get in you have to know somebody on the inside and once you are on the inside you have to play by rules so I know many people in various areas of government sector and all their stories always seem to be very similar and they can be summarized as complain no matter what so they always ask for additional funding or extensions of deadlines because the squeaky wheel gets the grease and I think at this point our government has become this source of dishonesty and corruption that sort of spreads into the rest of the society and I'm not sure there is a mechanism how the system can fix itself. We certainly can count on people not coming in the system, who are in the system, not coming out and saying that, oh, we are not doing anything here, you can fire all of us. And on the other hand, I don't think people in charge of, of, of all this will be able to fix anything. Because in order for you to be in charge, you have to get enough likes during the election. And we all know that the right decisions will not always be the most popular decisions because it's much easier to sell something to people something that will benefit them directly so like free college free healthcare and so on and we have to also take into account that some of the people who benefit from the system being so corrupt are also the voters i remember back in the day when i had a little legal trouble I was 100% positive that I was right and I was going to fight it all the way and I wanted to take my case to trials. But luckily my very wise lawyer talked me out of it and he told me that I was a privileged white male and half of the people in that courtroom are going to hate me just for that. And then the other half will hate me for the fact that I keep myself in shape and I am a grad school student. And he told me that the prosecutor will purposely select people who gonna wanna punish me just for who I am and they don't really care what the actual court case is all about and of course I didn't like hearing any of that and I thought he was a scumbag and just wanted to take my money but years later when I was on jury duty myself I remember being terrified by how biased the system really is and that people really are driven by their own little personal agendas and nobody really cares about what is wrong and what is right. And there is really no reason for us to believe that it's any different at the higher level. So like at public hearing, for example. And the only difference is that probably the stakes are higher there. We had a lot going on during the presidency of Donald Trump. First we had rape allegations, then Russian meddling in the election, and also some shady business with Ukraine. And I remember during that whole time thinking that I get one third of my paycheck taken away from me to pay for this circus so our government can keep the show going while in reality behind the scenes people are probably just fighting for their personal interests. But unlike me most people actually enjoy that show and we would have these big debates, people would take sides people would feel compelled to express their opinion although it's obvious that they don't know anything about the topic and I would always tell people that 
the bottom line is that we'll never really know what the truth was because our politicians have become so good at manipulating public opinion with biased news channels and social media that there is really no way to get to the bottom of things anymore. And we probably don't even know what's going on at the city level or the state level. So how could we possibly know what's going on in Washington? And it's probably true the other way around. So when people in Washington are creating these rules and regulations, it's probably pretty difficult for them to predict how it's all going to work out. So for example, we hear a lot about reform of our healthcare system recently. And I always wonder how realistic any of that is because I personally work in pretty big hospital and most of the time even my supervisor doesn't know what is it that I do during the day. So then how could somebody in charge of this huge industry with thousands of hospitals and maybe millions of people employed fix anything? Because no matter what rules they ever make, people will always find their way around them. And I believe that the only way for us to actually fix anything is by decentralizing our government into smaller districts that could be managed given the limitation of limitations of human capacity. So I personally grew up in a pretty small city and it wasn't small enough for us to all know each other. But for the most part, for the most part people knew how many hospitals we had, how many schools we had and so on. And it's easy for me to imagine if I was in charge of something, how I would be able to investigate stuff. So for example, I could just go to all these hospitals and see how the money is actually being spent. Or I could even check myself in as a patient and see what services they actually provide. And being honest and honorable actually means something in small community like that because your reputation follows you. Unlike it is now that I live in New York and it seems that when you are surrounded by people that you know, everybody's being almost overly polite. So it's all, excuse me, sorry, thank you, excuse me, sorry, thank you, excuse me, sorry, thank you. And people can just keep repeating these things to the point where they don't mean anything anymore. But then you go outside on the street and all of a sudden you are surrounded by the rudest and the most arrogant people on this planet. And these are the same people just in different situations. And I believe that the reason why people act so differently is because we only feel obligated to act polite when we are surrounded by people whose opinion can affect us in some kind of way. But since New York is such a big city, there is really no chance of you bumping into somebody you know accidentally. So people don't feel like pretending to be nice anymore. And I think it's very representative of our country as one big community. And we all act very noble when we are in the spotlight. We all say right things and we say politically correct things. But in the back of our minds, we all know that it's all probably just BS. And I believe that this is probably one of the reasons why this book resonates with so many people because on the inside we're all kind of sick and tired of our lives being infected with this fakeness at all levels. And always speaking the truth just sounds very nice. But I believe that instead of all of us just waiting for people to evolve in these high moral creatures, 
we should de start developing system where being honorable and honest is being rewarded and not just on paper but in real life and none of that probably is going to happen during my lifetime but these are just some of the thoughts that I had to get out of my head after reading 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson.